Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we want to talk about an area of the classroom that tends to give a lot of us a little bit of trouble, and that is transitional times, whether it's transitions within a lesson or in a self-contained classroom from one subject to the other, or, you know, from one, even from one room to the other. We're going to talk about how to reduce chaos and make your transitions more smooth and less stressful, right? So, you know, it's just really crazy. I know sometimes it does seem like all you do is just take a few seconds to, you know, get your computer hooked up and suddenly the whole class is in an uproar. So here's the thing. There is one key to transitions, and that is to treat them like procedures and to create a procedure for the transition and then practice it and teach it and work with your students on how to handle transitions. So in other words, I think a lot of the times the reason our transitions are so chaotic is because we don't put planning into the transition itself, right? We plan the activity before the transition and we plan the activity after the transition, but we don't plan how we're going to transition from the one to the other. So putting some intentionality and some planning into it first and then practicing with the students, being clear on our expectations, practicing with them what to do, and having maybe a few, it it could be different, you might have some different types of transitions, but practicing with your students what to do when when we transition from this to this, this is how we do it. And of course, the first few times, it takes a lot of work, but once the students get it, it becomes so much more smooth. Now, speaking of transitions and procedures, we talk a whole lot about how to consistently practice and reinforce procedures in our five-day classroom management tune-up, which actually starts today if you're listening live. And you can join us for free in that at teachfortheheart.com slash tune-up. So, okay, we've decided that we're going to be more intentional with our transitions, we're going to plan them, we're going to practice them and teach them like a procedure, but what exactly are we planning? So here are some tips, um, some different strategies, and some of them you combine, some of them work for different types of transitions, but hopefully, you don't have to do all these ideas, but hopefully some of these ideas will get you thinking and help give you some ideas for how you can better plan your transitions. So number one, first idea would be to teach straight through minor transitions. So I did this a whole lot, uh, especially in my math classes. When it was just a mi- when I say a minor transition, I mean something like we were taking notes and now we're grabbing our book and doing some problems. Rather than making a big deal of the transition, I would simply teach through it or at least give instructions through it. In other words, I didn't stop talking. Uh, Same thing if I was passing out a worksheet to do. Let's say I had to, let's say we were going to do a worksheet together. Well, as I passed it out, I didn't just stop talking and pass it out silently. I would give some instructions or I would review with them or I would ask questions while I passed out the worksheet or while, or I would say, grab your books and turn 
turn to page 36. When you get there, we're going to be reviewing how to do this. And once again, I'm either giving instructions or I'm, you know, asking questions or I'm just continuing on with the lesson. And the fact that I didn't pause, and it'll work for you if you don't pause, if you just basically continue teaching and it doesn't feel like a break, then the students are much more likely to get sidetracked and to get off task. And so that's really uh, one thing I definitely recommend when you're just doing minor transitions. It's not this big thing that you have to set up um, then to just keep giving instructions through it. Don't create a break so that there's no time for students to start those side conversations. Tip number two is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. So tip number one is, in some cases, just teach straight through the transition. Tip number two takes a more of a, if you can't beat them, join them approach and says, sometimes it's wise to provide an intentional break. And this is particularly helpful when you have a self-contained classroom, you got the same kids for a long period of time, or if you're on a block schedule, and so you maybe have an hour and a half to two hour class, and you need to break it up. So in this case, it might be wise to actually give an intentional break to say, all right, let's stand up and stretch. Uh, let's take a brain break, maybe move around. I know a lot of teachers like go noodle. Or maybe just to say, hey, why don't you, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk to your neighbor and um, just giving them some time to talk. So it's okay. Uh, it can even be wise to give an intentional break. The key, though, to making this work is to explain your expectations clearly for what can and should and what should and shouldn't happen during that break. And so teach that to your students and then practice it together and then be really insistent that the students follow the procedure that you set up. The other key to making something like this work, especially if you're allowing them to talk, is to have a way to regain your students' attention. And that's actually tip number three. So you need to have some way to regain your students' attention. It could be a chime, could be a hand signal, or I recommend call and response sayings, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. But in case you're not familiar, uh, basically you teach your class, you practice it ahead of time, uh, where when you say something, they respond. So the simplest one is it's called the class yes. You say class and they respond yes. And so whatever, there's so many variations to that though that you can come up with depending on your student's age. But when they respond back, of course, they have to stop their conversation. And so that's an easy way to regain students' attention, whether you're giving an intentional break. It's also super helpful for those times, inevitably, no matter how great you are at classroom management, there are times when the class just for one reason or another, you know, just suddenly you look up and everyone's talking. And so it can really help to regain attention during those times. So tip number, well, the first tip, most important tip is to treat transitions like procedures. Uh, number two, uh, sometimes it's good to teach straight through a minor transition. Number three, sometimes it's good to provide intentional breaks. Number four, it's good to have a way to regain students' attention. Number five, you might want to consider student chance. So these are popularized by whole brain teaching. Uh, but when students, let's say that students need to get out a certain, like get out a certain book or find a certain page. This is especially good, I think, with elementary students. You can teach them to chant out loud page five, page five, page five until they find it. 
or math book, math book, math book until their math book is out. And so this technique is from whole brain teaching. And not only does it keep kids focused on what they're doing, but it also prevents them from chatting with their neighbors because they're too busy chanting page five, page five, page five. So that's another idea, something you might consider uh, to see if it would be a good fit for your classroom. The next tip is to use keywords like in a moment or when I say go. This is especially helpful when you're giving directions for something you're about to do. So you're about to do an activity or you're about to line up or whatever it is. Um, It's really helpful if you use a phrase like that to remind students that they're not supposed to do it now and to help them focus on your instructions as opposed to trying to do something now. So say, in a moment, when I say go, we're going to this and this and this and this. Okay, go. And so that can really help provide some structure to the transition time. And my final tip is to tell students what level of talking you expect. Uh, this can be, dep- this in some cases, this will vary. In some cases, this will be part of the procedure that you teach them. But in other words, if you expect students to silently put their books away and get out another, you need to say that. In just a moment, we're going to get out of this book and put out this. You're going to do so silently. Or if you're doing something where students are allowed to talk, you say we're, we're going to do this in our whisper voices or obviously using age-appropriate language. Um, but you're going to be very clear. Is it no talking? Is it quiet whispering? Uh, just being clear with that expectation uh, can make a huge difference. Now remember though, the key to each of these ideas is clearly teaching and then consistently practicing the procedure. It takes a lot of work up front, but it pays off huge in the end. And we talk about more about how to do this now, once again in our free five-day classroom management tune-up, which is starting today, or you can join at any time and work through at your own pace. You can find that at teachfortheheart.com slash tune up. And in particular, I'm thinking of day one will be really helpful where we talk about how to teach or reteach procedures so that students will follow them clearly. So I hope this has been helpful. We'd love to hear your tips for dealing with transitions. You can find all the notes from this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash transitions. Thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.